Hello and welcome to day 27 of A Year of War and Peace. I'm Logan. I'm Brett. And today we'll be talking about part one, fuck, volume one, part two, chapter two. Oh gosh, it's just going to keep getting harder. (laughs) (laughs) I see it on my page too. I just, in my brain, they all just get jumbled up. Like I see that and I can, I read what it says, but then the moment I open my mouth to try and say it, Mm. all of the words just get switched up. And the numbers get switched up, too. Mm. That's why I was never very good at popcorn reading. Mm. That's why I was never called on. And that does a lot to a child. (laughs) (laughs) Kutuzov is here. Kutuzov arrives to inspect the regiment. Yes, he does. We finally finally meet our General Kutuzov, who is a a legendary figure in Russian history, who we will see quite a bit of over the course of the book. He seems quite jovial. He's in a decent mood. Yeah. He is. He's here. Uh, I like the the line when the, the general comes up to to follow him around and show the regiment off there's a great line that says uh referring to the general of the regiment it was clear he was enjoying his role as a subordinate even more than his role as a commander yeah yeah <laughs> some people are just meant to follow yeah just how it is i really like the the way that they notate the long live his excellency when the regiment goes long live his excellency C and C and C. <laughs> Just like the echo. <laughs> so funny. Out of tune. Yeah, so he comes to inspect the regiment and show it off to the Austrians. Andre is here. Yes, Andre, and he's handsome. He's handsome. He's good looking. He looks like he's in Kutuzov's company. He's his assistant. He's one of his adjutants, which is just like an assistant to a high-ranking I'm officer. imagining him running around with like a little notepad. Yeah. It's, he's like in Devil Wears Prada. He's like Anne Hathaway's character. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that is I think that is his job. <laughs> He gets coffee for him. He has to deliver the um the book at the end of the day, but he's not allowed to go like too far into his home. So yeah. he has to leave it on the coffee table. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. Of course. I want a movie of this where Kutuzov is played by Meryl Streep. <laughs> and Andre is played by Anne Hathaway. Yeah. yeah. Dude, she kinda eat it up though. She would she'd eat <laughs> she'd eat it up. So, yes, Kutuzov arrives, he's looking over the ranks, he's inspecting all of the guys, and then uh, Nesvitsky is one of Andre's friends. Nesvitsky mm-hmm. and the Hussar officer Zerkov, Zerkov is following behind in the train as they inspect it, and Zerkov is mocking the regiment commander. He's a clown. He's a clown. He's, he's clowning a, he's around. A, he's, a, he's a merry prankster. <laughs> he's, a little, he's a little goofball. He's a merry man. He's a, he's, they're merry pranksters. They're just merry. They're just having a good Have time. Have you seen that video of, no. um, oh, what's his name? Jeremy Strong, where he's like in an interview and he's talking about uh, characters and he calls them merry pranksters. No, it's I awesome. Haven't, I haven't seen <laughs> it's <that>. awesome. <laughs> Andre recognizes Dolokhov and points him out and says, hey, Kutuzov, hey, boss, here's my buddy. He's, can you, can you give him a hand or anything? And Kutuzov kind of just says hello to him. Wait, Andre knows Dolkov? Yeah, Andre. Uh, oh, I guess yeah, because he knows Anatol. Yeah, and he knows everybody. He's popular, man. And he's handsome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you're really really stuck on that. <laughs> I'm gonna every time Andre's brought up, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, and he's handsome. <laughs> We learned that Dolokhov committed a hate crime when he was in Poland. Yeah, I take back what I said about Dolokhov being me. He's not me. <laughs> I simply would not do this. 
I'm simply a better person than that. In terms of fashion sense. In terms of fashion sense and individuality, I also take back what I said about him not being mean. (laughs) He's currently the ugliest one now. (laughs) It's treated it's so casual too. I know, and then and then General Kutuzov is like, Well, you can't be like that hard on a man who's in trouble. I feel like being in trouble and angry about it and being in trouble and committing a hate crime are two different things. Casual anti-Semitism in old books is is one of the things I always forget. I'm always expecting the misogyny and like the racism sometimes, depending on the book. The anti-Semitism and the casualness of it is always something that takes me off guard. Well, not even that, just like the casual racism in old books also is always jarring to me. Mm. I don't... It is so... It's it's crazy how casual it is. Yeah. It's just, it's it's not even remarked upon. No. You know? No. Like, that's, it, that's what's... It is... It has the same feeling that the way that Tolstoy unintentionally writes women mm-hmm. in this, where it almost feels like he's trying to say something about it, but you know, given historical yeah. context, that he's not. Yeah. It is that same feeling yeah. of, like, it feels like he's almost trying to say something about it, but he's not. It's it's not written with that intention. No, and it might it might it might come across that way in the translation because it could have been a liberty that the translator took, mm-hmm. which is something that I also almost always fail to consider when reading books yeah. that are translated. Whereas the translator also takes liberties with how they choose to word things and the way that they choose to phrase things and the bluntness of yeah. of how they choose their translation. But this is just brushed past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think what happens in Tolstoy especially is that he's very, he's so good, as we've seen, at like writing really honest and direct portraits of people and like individuals and society that all of his unquestioned biases cut through to just these very neutral depictions that now are really unnerving to, yeah. to read about. Well, it's, it's also like you're reading, you're reading. It's mentioned in one line that he almost kills a Jewish person. Yeah. And I was like, I was reading, reading. I like read the line and then I read a little bit farther. And then I was like, <laughs> run it back there. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> what? Like, just like, what? Yeah. He presents everything so directly and without judgment that, like, reading it now, I think it's easy to... to Skim over, almost. Skim over. And also, when you're talking about, like, the satirical thing, I think it's very easy to put that on it because there's so little judgment of the events in the original narration of the text. Well, also because it's mentioned so nonchalantly. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this is a thing, and, oh, it's, you know, he's kind like... It was kind of like, oh, he maybe shouldn't have done that. But it's there's no punishment. Like it's not no, like no. it's affecting yeah, not- his current character status and his current like how people are currently viewing him. There's aside ha- from being like, oh, did you hear that crazy thing that Dolokhov almost did? Yeah, they seem less upset about this than they were about the bear incident. Yeah, <laughs> which is mm, yeah, mm. yeah. So. Yeah, he is well connected. You know, that translates really well into modern day. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly how it would happen today. Yeah. Unfortunately. So Dolokhov does a hate crime. 
Yes. And then we move on and we get this really, I really like these two pages here where we get this vignette of the soldiers yeah. all just having conversations among themselves. And about to s- sing a little song. Singing a little sing song. Singing a jaunty little Talking tune. about the campaign. They talk about Kutuzov. They talk about how much they like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how he's, he's blind in one eye. I was going to say, their dialect is written very differently. So this is a specific liberty, I think, of the Anthony Briggs translation where he translates the colloquial speech of Russia into Modern English British. Well, well English colloquialism so like the the peasant yeah. Russians speak in English um cockney yeah, I was going to say, he calls them mate, speak. nay, boys. Yeah, so that's a, that is a specific effect of the Anthony Briggs translation, I believe. I don't know how I, well it reflects I the original Russian, but... Considering picking up another translation of War and Peace... To compare them? Just for moments like this where I'm curious. Mm. I'm curious about like how they're saying certain things and like yeah. how it's translated. Because I was... In December, I was in France and I was at a bookstore. I was at the Shakespeare and Company bookstore. If you've ever been to France, if you've ever been to Paris, I would recommend going. It's a really beautiful bookstore. Um, but they had a, a translation of War and Peace and it was it had a gorgeous cover. I almost bought it. But then I was like, I don't want to lug this around in my, <laughs> in my bag. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's a long-seated way of saying is I read the first chapter of this alternate translation, and it was completely different. Mm. It just read it read completely differently. They had the original French in the text, and then as a footnote underneath on the mm, page, yeah. they had the English translation of it. I've heard of that. Which I didn't love. I'm kind of glad that this version doesn't have that, because yeah. I, I think that would disrupt my reading of it too much, mm-hmm. but... It was, it read completely differently almost. Yeah, from what I've heard, Anthony Briggs is very much like a spiritual translation of the text. Like it's Mm. not inaccurate, but it's the focus of it is to capture the spirit and the feeling of it as it is read in Russian. So he makes a lot of localization choices that are intended to give an English equivalent to the original Russian rather than technically translating the exact meaning of the Russian in most cases. That's what I think, that's what I've understood from what I've read about it. That makes sense. Is the kind of philosophy of I prefer that. In most translations, I prefer, I will gravitate towards um, translators that I've read before that I know will do that. Or when I pick up a book, like that is something that I will look for. I'll read like random passages Mm. and pages just to see if if it's less of a textbook translation and more of a like... Here's what they're saying, but also capturing the general vibe instead of just forcing it out there. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to read or compare translations because there are a lot of translations of this book and they take a lot of different approaches even just how it's formatted, I think, in some translations is different. Like the like the the volume the part and the chapter Interesting. format is changes in some translations. I've heard it's a very it's a very translated book. But yeah, so so we have this little vignette of the soldiers talking. And they sing a song. They talk about the campaign. Uh, they talk about Kutuzov. One of the soldiers says uh, he's got better eyes than you. Soon spotted our boots and leg mans, didn't he? So Kutuzov must have taken mm-hmm. note of the condition of the soldier's footwear i wonder if he's gonna write two thousand letters about their boots probably Maybe. not probably not he's not gonna work not no one works like napoleon does no no my boy my boy nappy <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> my boy nappy <laughs> 
The soldiers also reference during this section, they say something about um, when the Austrians gave them some carts and they got a move on then. This goes back to kind of the speed of movement that we were talking about when, in terms of getting all mm-hmm. the soldiers together. The Russians and Austrians underestimated the time it would take Napoleon to mobilize. And yeah. so they took a little, they took their time getting all together and then they realized... Oh, we gotta get we gotta get a move on here, and so they started shipping around carts and carriages to start moving the troops along the roads quicker. Dude, get so. me in one of those carts. Actually, it would probably smell so bad. But it'd be pretty sick after five hundred miles. That of is walking. true. That is true. <laughs> and then Zerkov, the clown, the the charming clown from earlier, goes and talks to Dolokhov because uh-huh. they're old buddies. Of course, they are. And they chat about Dolokhov's, Dolokhov's woes. Mm-hmm. He's Dolokhov com- just complains. He's complaining. He's in a bad mood. And then they mention that there's a, a rumor that the Austrians, that an Austrian army has been defeated. <gasps> Dolokhov asks that the Austrians have been be- have really been beaten. And Zarkov says they keep damn well saying so. Uh-oh. So there's a, there's a rumor that the Austrian army has suffered a defeat somewhere else along the campaign trail. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> And they <clears throat> they ride off, and the march continues. Kutuzov heads back to his camp. Kutuzov heads back to his camp. Sorry, I had to break into a little song there. That's a good song. I Thanks. like it. You're at Frankings. Yeah, I am. All right, so we have uh, Zerkov, his friend. Hang on, what's that guy's name? Nesvinsky. Nis- Zerkov, Nesvinsky, Prince Andrei, and General Kutuzov. Okay. And we will rank them. Who would be best at playing the leading man in a rom-com? <laughs> Last night we watched Anyone But You. Guys, it's so good. <laughs> if you're a fan of Shakespeare rom-coms, it is literally the movie for you. <laughs> it is the movie for me. Andre's got leading man in a rom-com. Yeah, he does. all over him. <laughs> Dreamy. Zerkov's a side... He's too much of a side character. Zerkov, Zerkov is like... Uh, the Mercutio. Mm. Mercutio and Romeo and Juliet by Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically that Mercutio. <laughs> <laughs> Nesvitsky, I'd say in second. So I'd say I'd say Andre, then Nesvitsky, and then I'll say Kutuzov, and I'll put Zerkov at the bottom. Dang, Kutuzov. I don't know. I feel like He's like there's... the old, the old like fatherly character who might find love along yeah, the way. Yeah, he's the B plot. He's the B plot, the divorced yeah. dad. Yeah. And then and then he meets he meets someone and and he gets inspired by Andre's budding relationship to go put the moves on and get back into the world. Have you seen Set It Up? No. Okay, never mind. You told me about it. He's um, the boss character, mm. and Andre is Glenn Powell and set it up. Mm. Andre is Glenn Powell. Yeah! <laughs> He's so handsome. Okay, that is chapter two. Chapter two. Thank you so much Thank you so for much. listening. Thank you.